0: Do you have all your topics cleanly laid out that we can speak about and that will engage me and will open me up on the inside and make me feel like what we are doing is worth our life and our time? Do you have all of those written down? Do you have them in your heart and in your mind? Yeah. What is up, everybody? Woo-hoo. is a beautiful day in Toronto, Ontario. I hope wherever you are listening that it is also a beautiful day, but I hope it's not as beautiful as it is in Toronto because I don't like other people to succeed. Uh, This is Underdogs... I am David Patrick Fleming. With me is Jacob Beeman. Jacob, you know that I I love doing this podcast with you, and there's nobody else that I would rather do this podcast with until I went for a run today, and I envisioned doing a podcast with Vladdy. And Hector <laughs> LeBron?
1: <laughs> no.
0: It's not a podcast where words are important. It's not one of those classic dated audio podcasts, not a video podcast. It's just a podcast where we would say, I love you back and forth, <laughs> back and forth. I'm thinking 15 to 16 seasons. And over the course of time, you'd be able to really feel the depth of the relationship grow. And and, and it would be like a... An incredible bond between two strangers and a world-class podcast. Me and Jacob are enjoying a, a cool, crisp glass of Milky Jeff. Oh, oh my <laughs> God. This, this podcast is brought to you by Jeff's Milk. Uh, if anybody out there, I don't know if it's, it's just on the fan or it's on, I'm sure it's all on radio. Anybody who knows this ad, it's a, what is it? A car,
1: a car insurance ad? I don't know. Whatever it is, it's it's brutal because all it makes you think of is it's about milked Jeff and you don't actually think of it's some sort of auto collision or auto insurance. It's I think it's insurance, something collision.
0: It, it, it's trying to create some sort of metaphor that you don't want to get milked on your car insurance, and but they talk about milking Jeff, and I'll go on the record saying all milk is disgusting. Any idea of milk is disgusting. But now they have actual tea. tea. It's gross. Here, maybe you know you put in your coffee or whatever, but if you dump milk, it's one of the grossest liquids you can dump on the ground. Um, these commercials are taking place in an auto body shop and there's cow udders under the oh. car. And this guy with greasy mechanic hands is just hammering cow milk onto the ground. And then there's a YouTube version of it that's even shorter that is just the udders gushing milk. And no one's even around. It's just milk gushing out of these udders on a greasy auto body shop floor. And, and you said to me... That you hated the marketing because you thought that they were just trying to gross us out. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, they they must not know that this is gross. But the more I think of it... They know. They, oh, they have
1: to know. It's disgusting. It's purely based in like... It's like gore. It's like disgusting. Like all you can feel is rage and anger, disgust, v- like vitriol, everything negative about what they're doing to you. And I guess... It's such an intense feeling that they're like, well, at least they're feeling something. They're going to remember us. They're going to remember how much they hate us. And that's, it doesn't matter. you know. Do people purchase things out of anger? Because I don't. If I hate something, if I hate an
0: ad and it makes me mad, I, I don't then, even if I remember it, I, I don't go and buy the thing that makes me angry.
1: I think it. it it's not about that. It's just like the next time, like sometime you're going to be like, ah, oh, shit, I got to get car insurance. I don't know anything about car insurance. Oh, wait milk Jeff and then you do something like what was that they, they get I don't want to get milked I guess <laughs> no that's, that's not how it happens but it's just that it, it exists in your mind and that's all that matters they just have to they just have to create their identity in their their mind but they're failing because I don't know their name because it, they like they don't say the name ever in the car commercial all they say is milk and Jeff over and over again Uh, in the radio version it's it's in like i feel like it's in all of the podcasts twice an episode like it opens the episode it ends the episode when you listen to a podcast version of baseball central or any any good show and it also plays in like i don't want i want to say like every other ad break on the radio
0: one of the things that i was dealing with the other day was that my wi-fi kept cutting out when i was trying to listen to one of the um the shows on uh, 590, and so when the Wi-Fi cuts out and the data comes on, it cuts into an ad every time. Mm. And so every time it was the Milky Jeff ad, and so I was listening to this Jeff Milk ad five times in 20 minutes. And every time it just cut out. And its I, I, I know it's not what it's trying to say, but I can't help but think I'm just drinking this dude, Jeff's milk. I don't know if it's his like tit milk or if it's like milk just gushing from some other orifice. I'm not going to get into what I also think of that, but it, it's disgusting because there's no way it's a cool, crisp glass of milk. Like Jeff's milk is warm and disgusting.
1: It's, they, I I think they might be worse. Maybe it's the same company that works with, um, um, what are they? What are they? Uh, the, the, the quest trade. Maybe it's the same company that just like, they just want to, they just want to infuriate you. They want you to squeeze and become angry. And then somehow, somehow they figured out that it works. I don't know. I don't know
0: it's a gross ad because you can be drinking or eating and when you're listening to it and if you're drinking you you can't help but think you're drinking jeff's milk anybody out there that has a commercial that makes them disgusted they, they don't want to eat around they don't want to drink around let us know hit us up on apple hit us up whoa, on twitter whoa, whoa, let us whoa. know what com- what
1: i've just i'm i'm reading an article in the financial post right now and i've discovered who it is um Okay, first of all, the company is Rates.ca, but the, the creative agency that is responsible for this disgusting ad campaign is called Zulu Alpha Kilo. Um, they're trying to wake up Canadians from their complacency and take a more active role in finding the right insurance policy while getting a great rate.
0: I, you know, I get the intention, just don't like the execution. There's so many other ways to go about it than uh drinking Jeff's milk. But let's not let's not linger on Jeff's milk for hold too on, long. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me just linger oh, just a okay. little bit longer.
1: <laughs> the, this 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 thing this this article gets in depth into it. There's there's Oh, Zach Mruet the founder and chief creative officer at Zulu Alpha Kilo says we know insurance can be a dry subject and that most Canadians can be complacent about their automobile insurance renewal. That's why we had to do something truly breakthrough to get the attention we're looking for. We landed on a very clear, but extremely memorable way of getting Canadians to think about car insurance and realize they might be overpaying. So, so I think we're on, we're, we're onto it. They just, they know that they have to be the most disgusting. They are trying to be memorable and it's worked. We're, we're doing 10 minutes on it on our podcast.
0: What about the people out there, Jacob, that don't have a car like me, and so that I'm still subjected to listen to this ad over and over again, even though they'll have no influence on me, but yet they have my ears, they have my ears, and they have my mind every time And I think about Jeff. Now, we are talking about Milky, Milky, Milky Jeff on our podcast for way too long. This is a Blue Jays podcast, Jacob, and we've been talking about this shit for 10 minutes.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to ch- maybe follow up after the episode. I'm going to see if I can find Zach Mrué on Facebook, Twitter. Write to him about how angry I am, how disgusted I am with his ad campaign, and tell him to go back to, go back to marketing school or something. I don't know.
0: Fuck you, Marue. Yeah, fuck okay, you. Okay. Now, let's get down to the guts. The guts of why we're all here, which is likely unclear to all of us, but... <laughs> We are going to talk about some Blue Jays. Blue Jays just finished off a big series win against the Philadelphia Phillies, who arguably looked worse defensively than the Jays have ever looked all season. Huge, huge start to a series tonight going in to face the number one team in the AL East, the Boston Red Sox. They're coming into Dunedin, coming into our home. And, you know, there's a chance that by the end of the series... We're the big dogs. We're the number one team in the East. Can we but, take number
1: one? Can we take number one? Do we have to sweep it to get to number one? What do we got to do?
0: Uh, I don't think we have. Uh, yeah, we do have to sweep because it's like, I think we're down one and a half. So in order for a three-game series for that to work, let me just calculate my numbers here for a second. <laughs> yeah, we'd have to sweep.
1: But Why? Don't we go up? Don't, don't we gain a whole game if they lose? A game and we win a game, isn't that equal? Yeah, so, a game? Okay,
0: so we're down. We're down one and a half. So let's say they win tonight, then we're down a half. And then let's say we win the next game, then we go up a half. But if we lose the next game, we go down a half. So you got to okay. sweep. You got to get those brooms out.
1: Oh, it, but what if we just win two?
0: If we win two, we're down a half.
1: <sighs> all right, I don't understand. It's, it's like math all over again.
0: Yes. Well. Some pretty, pretty uh ugly moments in the Philadelphia game. Uh, Sunday's win was uh it was I found a really fun, exciting game. It was a 10-8 win for the Jays. The Jays were up seven-nothing after two innings, and then, you know, uh, there was so many misplays in the outfield by the Philadelphia. Oh, I was just about to say the Philadelphia Eagles. Oof, God, I hate myself. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. And they were talking about the wind. The wind in Dunedin. I didn't see a lick of wind on the TV. I didn't see a hair out of place. I didn't see a jersey swaying. I didn't see any aspect of wind.
1: Well, the, I don't, I don't know. Were you watching the game? Because there was f- frequent times when uh, outfielders, in particular, were really struggling on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, I I agree the that they were fielded. struggling. It kind of went up. It went up, and then it would kind of get push to to left field a little bit and like it wouldn't go nearly as deep i'm not
0: saying there wasn't wind jacob i'm saying i didn't see it right how do you see the wind now one of the more interesting aspects of uh the game on sunday was with uh bryce harper jacob are you willing to do an improv with me to, to tell this uh, interesting tale of Bryce Harper on Sunday's game. Okay. Let me set this up for you. You get to be Bryce Harper.
1: Oh, yes. Okay.
0: It says, I knew I'd get you on this. I knew you'd probably be a little bit, you get to be a little bit reticent initially, but now you get to be Bryce Harper. Let me give you a little backstory. Yeah. It's Sunday, May 16th. You're in the middle of a game against the Blue Jays. You've been on the bench for the entire game. I don't even think you have a hat on. I think your hair is just a flowing down and you've got not a care in the world. You were taken out of the game the night before because of a wicked shoulder injury, but- the scenario, is that the Phillies started the game with nobody on their bench. They had one guy on their bench, but then right before the game, somebody else got hurt and they had to put them in. So they had nobody on their bench because of all the injuries that the Phillies are dealing with and they didn't call anybody up. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to be Joe Girardi. Yeah, yeah. Let's just try to imagine how this conversation went on Sunday. Okay. Okay. Hey, Bryce, big dog. What's up, my barada? Hey man, uh, here's the situation I'm in. So our right fielder, Scott Kingry, he's uh dizzy, or maybe he's he's dying, or he's dead, or maybe he's I think bored. Yeah, I think he's bored. He just doesn't want to play anymore. And so he's not gonna play. Any chance Chica, that yeah.
1: Yeah, boy. <laughs> I can't. So, I can't feel my arm though. How how about how's that gonna work?
0: Oh, I think it'll be fine. I'm just gonna put you way out in right field. Nobody hits the ball to right field in mm-hmm. the big leagues.
1: Okay. So, Kingery Kingery yeah. doesn't know what he's doing out there.
0: Yeah, I like I said, he's being taken off in a coffin. So. You're just going to go out to right field. If the ball gets hit to you, you can roll it back in. You can kick it back into the infield. I know we're paying you $300 million and it'd be just horrible if this uh, put you on the IL for just months and months, but
1: are you cool to do this? How's my hair look?
0: Hair's looking good. Hair's looking tight. How
1: about my belt? Is it still shiny? I shined it up before the game.
0: It's looking great. Look okay.
1: Can you see yourself in it?
0: I can Can s- you see
1: yourself in my belt?
0: I can see my gaunt old face right in that belt buckle.
1: Now, when Yo, you- Joe, you got to grow that hair out, man. You're, you, I don't know what you're doing with that buzz cut. I can see you got some nice hair in there.
0: Yeah, it is. The hairline is starting to get a bit cubed though. It is starting to get weird gouges in the front of it. But
1: let's not talk yeah. about my
0: hair. If you're at the plate, you think you're going to be able to swing how bad your shoulder's broken, no?
1: Depends on the score, baby. If if we got a chance, I'm going to rip it. I'm going to lose this arm. I'm going to give it all I got. If we're down, I don't know, 3 runs, I might just I might just stab a little bunt in there. Do a little do a little dance, you know, just kind of a little mm, little really mm, little, little drop a little bunt. You know, just kind of just kind of do a little jog up to first, swing around the hair a little bit check out the check out the ladies in the in the front row yeah i like
0: this this isn't even about baseball anymore this is about something else it's about style and coolness maybe instead of bunting you could just let the pitch i don't know hit you in the dick or the neck and then maybe you could get on base that way are you comfortable with that
1: i don't know man i might need to put all uh, everything i got into it Okay. Well, I get up there. I see the cameras on me. I, I start. My mm, blood just starts flowing everywhere. My arm. It feels great. I don't know.
0: It does look like it's hanging off your uh, body like a dead fish, though. Are
1: you sure you're okay to do this? Well, did we did we get the results back on those MRIs, those X rays, those whatever?
0: Full full break of the bone and full tear of the tendon.
1: Uh huh. Uh huh. And what's management say? They don't mind.
0: Oh, they're highly against this. Oh, I might get fired after the game because of the way
1: I'd be a a rebel. You'd be a rebel and I'll get fired. I'd be a rebel. Let me get my sunglasses. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get my sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the end of that. That must be that's that's the only way that conversation could have gone. I've never seen anything like that on a baseball field. I've never seen a pl-
1: I saw a John Boy lip reading a breakdown. It went just like that. I,
0: <laughs> sorry, I kind of ripped it <laughs> off that. But I've never seen a player of that caliber be put in that kind of a situation before just because of how the Phillies seemingly mismanaged because the Phillies have like real muto Gr- gregorius, a couple other players who are like too hurt to play, but they are not willing to put them on the I l because they don't want them to be gone for that period of time. And so they just kind of ran into this situation where they had nobody. And then you get a dude, like your guy, like the face of your team, the $300 million man, Bryce Harper, is out in the field, rolling the ball back in and trying to bunt. When's the last time Bryce Harper ever tried Mm -hmm. to drop a bunt in his life? He was taking some wicked hacks in that uh, game-ending strikeout. Like he he was he was swinging. Like I don't think he's going to play baseball much this year.
1: I couldn't believe that they put him in though, though. That's like, what I'm saying. It's crazy. They should have put a fucking pitcher
0: out there or something.
1: Did they actually? I I missed the part where they explained what happened to Kingery, and I just assumed that because he was so brutal and that every ball seemingly was just sailing to right, and he couldn't. Even they, come close to catching it, and he smashed into the wall. He had no idea what was going on out there. They, they Bryce, just couldn't handle it anymore. and Needed to get out there. They they said about
0: Kingry that he left the game with dizziness. Right. So I don't know. Maybe that's why he misplayed that ball. I don't know. Maybe or maybe he was just so embarrassed and he was like, "Oh, uh, uh, I'm dizzy. That's why I'm I'm dizzy."
1: Hmm. Hmm.
0: I, I really don't know. But. Nonetheless, the Jays take the victory. The Jays are looking good. Here is a question for you, Jacob. Now,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Lourdes Gurriel got off to Lourdes Gurriel, a rough start uh, to the season offensively. He's starting to pick it up. His power numbers are down, but his average is starting to climb. He's starting to get on base more. He's starting to What's he, to, 2-
1: 219 or something now?
0: I mean, he's like around 219, 220, but his OPS is still below 600. My question for you is if. Lerds Guriel continues to start to hit the ball. Is it the best time to sell
1: him? Mm, sell high. Well, the best time buy low. The best the best time to sell him was in the off season. I think I was I was gung ho for them to get rid of him in the off season.
0: Sure, but they missed that opportunity. And that, you know, there's something to be said about what you're saying, and I agree with that. But they missed that opportunity. And so now, like, they haven't, like, you know, you didn't want to do it a month ago when he was batting two, and now that he's starting to maybe show signs of being the guy that he's capable of being, do you want to try to flip him as soon as you can just in case he crashes again?
1: I would, I I, I wouldn't, I still think that his value is at nearly an all-time low, even right now, and that him coming up a little bit still isn't still isn't close to what I think hopefully he will be performing at the deadline. But then again, you know who whose value is at an all-time high that I would be much more interested in moving would be Randall Gritchick. Talk about someone who's ah. actually at a, at a high value right now. Booyah. That's a guy who could contribute well. and clearly can play center, right? Looks like he could contribute power. Looks like he could come close to contributing average slap the ball around that, that could, that could be a a nice part of a package for, for something. The,
0: Hmm. That's interesting. Um, his contract is definitely more than Guriel. Like one of the, one of the enticing things about Guriel about moving him is how cheap he is, but obviously that's a benefit to the blue Jays as well. And if you could move Guriel with, if you could move Grishik with his, um, With his contract that might be um more beneficial to you but man i just don't want to do that i don't like that suggestion i don't like you it's tough though it is really tough because you never know what could happen with guriel you never know how hot he could get and how valuable he could become but i guess there's just like if you're gonna have to move somebody anyway to get pitching at some point if you know the Blue Jays are continuing. Like, like I said, like the Blue Jays could be in first place um, by the end of this week. It, it is possible. might not happen, but it's possible. If you're going to be uh, building a team that is, possibly has a shot to win the AL East or get one of the wild card spots, you're going to need more pitching. I, I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. And in order to get that, you're going to have to say goodbye to somebody.
1: Not necessarily on the major league roster.
0: Well, well, okay, fair. But the guys that you would get rid of, not on the major league roster, to get a like an actual game changer of a pitcher, are guys you're probably
1: not going to want to say goodbye yeah, to. Absolutely, but that's the cost of doing business. We got eight top one hundred prospects now, and we're going to have to probably going to have to sacrifice at least one of them. I guess that's. I guess
0: uh, I hate that you want to get rid of Grishik. I really. I just. I don't know what my attachment to Grishik actually is, and I think it goes beyond what he's actually doing. But I think it comes down to some element of him. Um, the way that he has stood up to the adversity that's been put against him over the off season and into this year uh, has really, really impressed me, and I. I think that it's it's endeared me to him even more.
1: Look, if you told me that we we got a deal in place. To get a great pitcher, we got a couple of prospects going back. We got um, one of those top one hundred guys, and then they're cool with either Grichik or Guriel to round out the package. I would say get rid of Guriel, but I don't know. Like right now, at this point, if their value would be equal, but if you're telling me that it was, I, yeah, I, w- I would choose to get rid of Guriel because I think that the the difference in offense. What I don't I don't know if I need offense in the same way from either of those guys. I'd be happy to sacrifice Gurriel's defense um, to to keep Randall as as one of the outfielders. How how that works out? Who's playing left field? You know, is Randall Grichuk having to play left field? I don't know, but I'd take it. Grichuk
0: is so solid, he he made a base running error on, uh, I think, Sunday. And it really stood out to me that you never see Grishik make those plays that have these you know, mental lapses or whatever. He takes solid routes to balls in the outfield. Yes, he can fall into traps of you know striking out more than you'd want a guy to strike out, but I, he's somebody who's become a really dependable part of this team. And it, to some degree, like a a leader. I mean, I'm not in the clubhouse. I don't know. Neither of us know. But he seems like he is a leader. Now, do I think that the clubhouse would suffer if you got rid of Guriel? Yes, mm-hmm. I do think that Guriel is a big part of, you know, Vladdy and Teoscar's camaraderie, and I think they love him, you know, very much. And I don't know what kind of effect that would have, but. Uh, I don't know, man. If we're going into the playoffs and we have to choose, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Grishik with me. I think.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I like Grishik. I'm just saying, I think that you know, his. If if we're looking at you, you know, you you started the topic by saying that that Guriel's on the rise, and this might be the time to try and cash in on him. I think that Guriel's not necessarily on the rise, and that. Gritchick's value's never been higher in his career. Well, he's on the rise from where he was. Sure. Which is, you know, in the in the, in the trash ba- basket, he's cli- trying to climb his way out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I, I'm saying, like, if he can get a little bit more out of it, then you can sell the the possibility of him. Like, you can sell the dream of Gurriel. Sure. And people would buy that dream. I would buy that dream because he has been really good and he has – a lot of like great tools, and so you you sell you sell him on his ascent,
1: right? And I think it'll be interesting to to review and remember this conversation when we are perhaps a little bit closer to the trade deadline. Randall Grichik is perhaps closer to Randall Grichik, and if Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is anything like what his peaks or even like just above his norm is at that time, if you'll still be thinking you want to sacrifice him over Randall.
0: Yeah. It'll definitely be interesting to review this because the, there is obviously the fear of that. And that is, that is one of those, one of those things that I think about a lot, like what, what will this season actually amount to? Cause it's so easy to react at an, at an earlier stage when you have a guy like him, who you know, gets off to cold starts and he's definitely in one, but you know, what, what, what will happen. But let's go a little bit further with this idea of the Blue Jays making the playoffs. And this is something that you and I spoke a little bit about um, after the episode last week. And it's something that I can't stop thinking about. So the Blue Jays right now are in Dunedin, but in a couple of weeks, they're going to move to Buffalo. As most people I'm sure know, Buffalo is in the state of New York also in the state of New York is where the New York Yankees play. <laughs> now, there's there's a legit there's a legit and it's not like a crazy pie in the sky thing. There is a legitimate possibility in many different scenarios that the Blue Jays play the Yankees in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. So the Yankees are going to have Yankee Stadium home field advantage and then They'll also, you know, for for this conversation to work, it, it, it will have to be under the premise that the Blue Jays are not allowed to come back to Toronto to play in the Rogers Center for the playoffs. So let's just go further with this and say that during the playoffs, then the Yankees will also have a massive home field advantage in Buffalo. That stadium will be loaded up with Yankees fans. And that to me is a tragedy of this of this of this season and the situation that the Toronto Blue Jays find themselves in and I'm trying to think of ways that that could be avoided like what 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 can they do can the Toronto Blue Jays just send buses of people from Ontario to Salem Field for the playoffs and buy out all the tickets and not allow uh, people from the New York State to buy tickets. Like, is that is that a dirty act? Is that allowed? Is that something that you could possibly do? Like, what what? How do you think that they could combat that scenario?
1: Uh, bring bring the Blue Jays to Toronto October. I don't know. Like, I think that's really going to be the only way. But I also don't understand how that isn't how that couldn't be a realistic thing to happen in October. Like. As it's scheduled right now, I will have had my second vaccine for a month already at that point, and I'm 30 years old. So what are, what are we waiting for at that point? what What's the problem with letting, even if there were no fans in Toronto, what's the, what's the, what's the problem with letting in 40 major league players, professionals who get tested regularly and who all are Well, I guess we don't know if they're all vaccinated and obviously the Blue Jays still haven't reached that uh, threshold yet of 85% to have the relaxed restrictions. But you would think that in October we'll be in a place where that surely wouldn't be dangerous enough to, to public health to let baseball happen in the Rogers Center.
0: Certainly, if at that point everybody who wants to be vaccinated can be vaccinated, then you just have to kind of say, okay, well, like, what else are we supposed to do? Like, the vaccines are available for you. If you want them, they're there. If you don't want them, like, what, what, we, we can't just keep living with all of these tight restrictions if, if people don't want to get vaccinated and it's in somebody's right to, you know, not get vaccinated, whatever. But even uh, playoffs aside, when the Blue Jays play the Yankees in Buffalo it's still a home game for the Yankees
1: yeah I mean it's, it's a home game I, for every I, single team in Dunedin right now doesn't matter who they're playing it's a it feels like it's a, a home game for the for the visitors right now Marcus Semyon even said in a in an interview that he does, that, that it, it doesn't like playing there and that it that it doesn't feel like home but he, he
0: was not saying that in context to Buffalo would uh they're excited to get to buffalo was he no i don't think so it's really really unfortunate and i get you know why canada's doing it but you know you you see kind of the effect that it could have had on the raptors playing in tampa all year and then and then you see the the blue jays moving around to these non-major league parks and trying to Figured out, and I'm not really sure, like how much to put on that. I'm not really sure to what degree that 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 affects things. But last year was a lot different when fans weren't allowed in the stadium. And now with fans allowed in the stadium, you know, like how many Blue Jays fans are in Dunedin? How many Blue Jays fans are in Buffalo? And there's certainly not enough. Certainly not. And then you get a bunch of Americans that are just cheering against, you know, Canada or just cheering against a team from another country that has nothing to do with even fandom for the team. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. It's a seven hour drive from New York city to Buffalo. And that's, that's not a short drive, but, um, It's a it's a lot more accessible than it is for us to get there right now. As far as I know, it's an eight it's like an eight and a half hour drive from Boston too. So don't forget, it's it's not all that difficult for Boston fans if we're facing them in the playoffs either. It's not even just that New York fans only live in New York City and Boston fans only live yeah, in Boston. Course. You know
0: what I mean? Like if you live in New York State, yeah. you're probably a Yankees or a Mets fan. Yeah, like it, the like like the yeah. likelihood of you being one of those two is is very high. Um, you know, there may be some Mets fans who hate the Yankees <laughs> will go to Buffalo to go to Salem Field to cheer against the Yankees. But I've just been thinking about that and it feels like a really shitty thing. And I don't know. I mean, there's no answer to it. There's nothing to do. I mean, it just is what it is. But if it comes to the playoffs and we're uh, in with the Yankees and and that whole Salem field at that point is like sold out with pinstripes, that's going to be so unfortunate. That is just going to be shit.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're a Blue Jays player, would you rather have no fans? Just say we're not letting anybody in or have all Yankees fans. That's what I
0: thought too. I thought maybe is it better to have No fans, or then I thought, like, you know what? If it's and and this is not a good idea, but let me just voice it. Then I thought, if you're going to have fans anyway, and they're all going to be Yankees fans, why not just do all seven games in Yankee Stadium,
1: but still let us be bottom of the inning?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You're still home team, like, you're still, you're still, um, hitting in the bottom of the ninth. (sighs) That's rough. I, it is rough because the Yankees play so good at Yankee Stadium, but I mean at least it's a major league ballpark. At least it's... I, I, I bet you a lot of those players love playing at Yankee Stadium.
1: Yeah, for Way sure. Way more than
0: they like playing at Salem Field where they hit the ball on a freeway and the wind's fucked.
1: <laughs> Are those guys, I mean, we'll have to see. its I don't know how they feel versus TD Ballpark in, in Dunedin. But uh, it seemed like a lot of those guys liked hitting the ball in in Buffalo last season. They seem like they like hitting the ball in Dunedin too, man. Like, that's another thing. It's
0: interesting that you say that Simeon said that because I feel like they hit the ball pretty well in uh, Dunedin.
1: I think he's just, like, commenting on it from a life perspective and, like, just even that the different, like, it's so much different what we don't see, just the experience of being in a minor league ballpark. Versus a major league park for them,
0: and I really want them to to sign Simeon to a contract to a longer contract.
1: I would love that. I would really love that.
0: me too. I, I just it just feels right, and I don't know where he's at with a lingering desire to play shortstop still. you know, I don't know what he thinks about playing for the Blue Jays. It seems like it's working. It seems like there's a lot of camaraderie. It seems like him and Bo jive with each other and he just feels like one of those guys that you need to be a world series contender
1: i agree i agree and i think it i just think again of what a travesty it is um, for us with a guy like him that he doesn't get to experience a summer in toronto feel what it's like to be canada's team feel what it's like to have you know, the the city of Toronto come out and how passionate we are when we've got good baseball and I don't know that's the same for every team that's good or most (laughs) most teams. He 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 uh I mean I guess it's it what probably wasn't didn't feel that way all the time in Oakland, even having a great team not getting not filling up that ballpark, but it's a massive ballpark the same way the Rogers Center is. But uh, I just I think it's got to be
0: different from him, like being from there too. Like yeah. it, he just must have a different feel about the whole thing because it's like, he knows those streets, he knows those bars and cafes and restaurants and and people and whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's such a, it's such a, you know what? It's such interesting hearing you say that because, you know, we've been living in this pandemic in Toronto for, uh, it feels like a decade. And so my, the city's become so much smaller to me. Like I have my routes. I go, I do this, I do this. You feel like you're not allowed to like bleed outside of your area. Otherwise, like you're doing something wrong. You feel like you're not allowed to go on public transit. You know, I have my route. And so my perception of the city has completely changed. But man, Toronto is a wicked city. This is a really, really wicked city full of great culture, great art, great... Restaurants and, and bars and cafes and energy and parks and all this stuff. And like you want those guys to be able to understand that and to feel that. And I want to be able to understand that and feel that. And it is um, just unfortunate that, that you know, if, if this is the only season that a guy like Simeon plays for us, that he doesn't get to experience what this city's actually about.
1: Yeah. And that he doesn't get to, you know, have his, his family experience it too you know maybe if maybe if we were in Toronto he would have been more willing to consider having his family live here for the year instead of staying in in Oakland and not wanting to displace them because maybe he thought it would be a more I don't know I don't know more permanent place but you know there's there's probably it's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens because I don't know what the market is. Is there is there a market for that many shortstop?
0: I, I don't know if him being a shortstop makes him that much more money. I think it's going to just come down to the Blue Jays' willingness to uh, match other offers, probably that he that he's going to get. No,
1: I know I agree. I'm just wondering if if how I'm, I wonder how important it is for him to be a shortstop. Like, would he would he take less money? To be a shortstop somewhere for have a four-year contract as a shortstop versus a five-year contract in toronto as a second baseman i don't know i think it will depend on what this team can do this year probably you know it's if they can
0: go deep into the playoffs and get into the playoffs what kind of because i also think that the situation that they're in you know dunedin buffalo maybe toronto that that has an opportunity to bring a team together in a way that the other the other teams in the league aren't experiencing it. It, it it I'm sure it also has an opportunity to pull them apart but it seems like this team really likes each other it seems like they get along
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so that has to be worth something i I, I want to believe that that's worth something and I might be so naive in that I might be so naive that players don't give a shit like they go to a team and some teams are fun some teams aren't but they want to make their their money and marcus Simeon probably feels like this is i mean it obviously is his real opportunity to make money next off season it's his only chance to make a bunch of money and it's really going to come down to are the blue jays going to be able to to give him that offer
1: Mm -hmm. and will we have other priorities not that there's like a ton of free agent pitching even to to go out and buy next next off season either. I don't, I don't know because the other thing is, is we're going to have, we're going to have more guys coming up and we're going to have more infielders coming up looking for playing time somewhere too. Right?
0: Yeah. So true. Like you don't know what Groshans is going to be next year. Is he going to come up and clog the infield? Is, is Austin Martin going to be an outfielder? Is he going to be an infielder? Like it's, it's too hard to know. And so I could imagine the front office being really wary about offering Simeon a big, a big contract. And I could just see him kind of falling by the, not falling by the wayside, but just getting a better offer somewhere else. And, and that being, and that being the end of it. And that's just, I don't, you know, I don't like the thought of that.
1: Well, it's, it's going to depend on him, him as well. If he continues to play like he is now, and right now, as far as I can tell, and we talked about it a little bit on the last episode, but he's the best second baseman in the league, as far as I can tell, and across the stats can tell. Yeah, I mean, in, in,
0: he has the opportunity, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, to even transfer his numbers over of being the best shortstop in the league you yep. know like if he if he keeps hitting at a plus 900 ops and above 300 average and mashing dingers like if he has like this crazy like mid 30s home run year with like 80 90 RBIs and like a 900 ops it's going to be impossible to keep him it's impo- it'll be impossible
1: yeah that's true well and didn't Seeger just Seager just broke his hand too so he's going to I don't know what his season, the rest of his season, his recovery timeline is. That's the thing,
0: man. He gets hurt all the time. And I don't True. know like how you view his value anymore. I'm not really sure. And it just makes them more attractive. It makes Simeon more attractive each little kind of thing that happens. It makes it because Simeon is more attractive to me than Carlos Correa. And I know other people out there might think, oh, you're crazy. Carlos Correa is like amazing. I don't want Carlos Correa. No, I know you don't. <laughs> I know you do, but nah, nah, I don't. Well,
1: you didn't want Springer either. And
0: I'm still, hey, like I need to see more now. Like wow. I, I, you know, I, of course, nice little, nice little glimpse. Love that he's smiling on the bench. Love that guys like him. Like that he's charming in interviews. Like that he's good looking. Like that he can mash home runs. He's got to play. And until he plays a bunch, and I think it's fair that I need to see that. I think that's I think that's fair. Well, but he's going Carlos to play. Correa, Carlos Correa is a rat. Why is Carlos Correa a rat? The way he dealt with the Jinx scandal made him a rat, and he's a rat.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I I understand the feeling of thinking that you know he gives off that kind of a vibe, but. I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if he was on the team.
0: I'm you know, I'm so I'm so gross in the way that I wouldn't mind either, probably. <laughs> like it. He would come here and he would just like play good and I'd be like he would become like a like a like a Bautista or something. He'd become like the player nobody else likes, but because he's your guy and he plays good, you like him all. Exactly. Ah Christ, let's talk about the Red Sox. All right, Jacob. What are your so right now, question. First question. Are the Blue Jays going to be the first in the AL East
1: by the end of this series? Um, so you, are they gonna sweep the Red Sox? Is that what you're asking me?
0: That's what I'm asking you.
1: I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I don't think we have the pitching to not at least lose one game against them. I could see us easily winning two. Um you know, we got we got Ryu, you said, going tonight, right? That's right. And that must mean Matt's tomorrow?
0: The, no. Uh, Stripling tomorrow, Matt's Thursday. <laughs>
1: oh, see, that's a coin toss for me both games in terms of whether or not either of those guys are going to be able to uh, keep keep the Boston lineup under control.
0: But it's it's Garrett Richards on uh, Wednesday against oh. Stripling. So, so that could just be a dog's launch on both... Uh, on both uh, sides, if everybody remembers Garrett Richards last time he played the Blue Jays, uh walked everybody and fucking crow hopped 200 mile an hour fastballs to first base <laughs> doing pick off. <laughs> I
1: can't wait to see that again.
0: <laughs> this is this is a big time for the Blue Jays, though, man. And I know it's early in the season, but I mean, let's not let's not downplay this. The Blue Jays are playing uh, Red Sox, Rays and Yankees back yep. to back to back. This is a big stretch of games for the Toronto Blue Jays.
1: Yeah. We gotta we got we've been sniffing around for a while now. Let's figure out who the who the dogs are. I, I I agree
0: because I'm still not certain about the Red Sox. The Red Sox being in first place still doesn't quite feel right. I think it needs to I think it needs to shift. I think the Blue Jays are gonna spend a little bit of time at the top. I'm not saying they're gonna stay there but they're going to be at the top. Yeah, Jacob, I know that you love a bold prediction. Yes. And I told this to you already, but I'm going to say it on here just so that it's in stone. (laughs) The Blue Jays will at some point this year, just can be for a moment. It can be for an out. It can be for an inning. It can be for a week. At some point this year, the Blue Jays top five people in their lineup will have at minimum an 850 ops
1: top five in their lineup and so you're that you're talking about i'm assuming springer coming back and that marcus simeon is is in there along with vlad tay oscar and Bo, right now, yes, yeah, so, so when I say that, the
0: assumption is that the five, in whatever order they appear, will be Springer, Bo, Vladdy, Teoscar, Simeon. Now, is it insane to think that Grishik goes on a super hot streak and adds 60 points to his OPS? It's not crazy. It's probably not likely,
1: but it's not crazy. Um, he, only, so I, but, he, uh, he actually only needs 32 right now. He's got uh, 768 OPS right now, Gritchick. No, no, I said 850. Oh, I thought you said 800. My bad. No, 850, yeah. 850 is a big
0: ask. 850 is a big OPS and to have five guys hitting at an 850 OPS clip is insane. That's best offense in baseball. This team has the chance to be the best offense in baseball. Best power offense in baseball.
1: I think we already are the best power offense in baseball, but I don't think that that top 5 is going to hit 850.
0: You don't. So you're you're not with you're not with me. You don't think even for a moment that that will be on the on a box score. <laughs> I'd be shocked. I mean shocked. I'd be shocked. Okay, so okay, so let me just let me just now just to give this context to anybody who's not um, uh, so right now as it stands, Marcus Simeon eight nineteen, Bobachette eight fourteen, Vladdy thousand forty-nine. That's a done deal. Hernandez, eight Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Springer's already above eight fifty. You know, I don't know. You know, it's not it's obviously very minimal at bats doesn't really matter. But you know, in what I'm saying, there's no at bat minimum that the player has to have to have the eight fifty. 850. 850 is gonna be 850 in this uh context. So Simeon just needs to put on 30 points, Bichette needs to put on 36. I mean, it's possible. It's absolutely nobody would be shocked if either Simeon and Bichette did 850. Nobody would be shocked that Hernandez doing 850. You would be absolutely flabbergasted if Vladdy dropped
1: below 850. I, you know, nobody would be surprised by Springer doing 850. Think about how good Simeon and Bachet are playing right now. They're both Uh, mashing, but neither of them, like Bachet in particular, he's not really much of a walk guy. You know, I don't, I don't see him walking enough to get the OPS up that high. Because that's really what's, what's like, if, if, if Bichette and Simeon walked more, like, they're, they're, the, the slugging part is fine for them. It's the on-base-plus part that is lacking. But
0: either of them could, like, it wouldn't be a crazy thing for either Bichette or Simeon to have, like, five home runs in three games. Like, yeah, it'd be amazing. But it's not like, oh, that, that would never happen. Mm-hmm. And it's going to come. It's absolutely, and you're right. Like, Bichette does need to, to walk more, but Bichette's last seven games, his on-base percentage is 390. Right. That's amazing. That's amazing. Right. And so, in his last seven games, he is uh, OPSing 900. Yeah. So if he continues on a clip like that, he's going to go up. All of it, it, like I'm saying, like it's not, it doesn't have to be forever. It just has to be for one at bat. Yeah. It just has to last where they all hit 850. Mm -hmm. So the great 850 watch is on. Anybody out there uh, wants to pay attention to that? I think it's something to note. Jacob is saying, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. You're skeptical, and that's fine. You were skeptical when I said the Blue Jays would never drop below 500, and they immediately did. Uh, so it's, it all makes sense why you would be skeptical. Most things I say on here never amount to anything, but I have a feeling about this, the great pursuit of an 850 OPS. Hey, when's,
1: when's Georgie coming back?
0: Uh, I think mid-2022. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay okay
0: do you, do you have another theory because that i you know i was even being generous there do you have another theory of when he's coming back
1: i don't know they show me they show me him he's taking bp again i feel that makes me feel like we're like and he's doing a bit of running i feel like we're maybe a week a week out maybe two weeks out you know? have come, to figure, come though, june 1st was- we see him
0: If he he comes back and he can't play the outfield, you know it's fucked, and you know he's fucked for the entire year and you're never going to see him play. If he comes back, he has to play in the outfield right away. Yeah, agreed. Otherwise, why is he back? And, oh, man. You'd also have to figure that they'd have to see him at 100% and then also wait another week. Like, it wouldn't be the second he's 100% get out there. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You got to be really careful with this one, especially because they're winning still. Like we're winning. We're winning. We're awesome right now. Like we're, we, we are, we don't need him right now. Now, obviously we would like him. We don't need him
1: right now. Well, we definitely need him, but uh, No. no, we don't. I see. I see what you're saying.
0: We don't need him. Trade him. (laughs) <laughs> all right so blue jays tonight red Sox, big game big time to be a blue jays fan um blue jays are gonna sweep i said it here jacob doesn't agree the blue jays sweep blue jays are gonna be top on the <laughs> al east by the end of the week uh hit us up on apple podcast on twitter at underdogs canada
1: uh, review Hey, we had us, an, we had another review. Oh, read it. Well, it, it was another it was another ode to Tanner Rolark. Oh, from uh, from the Germ. If you oh, if yeah, you right, if right, you right. remember, uh, we read out uh, Jeremy Jeremy Savoy Sa- Savoy Savoy, aka the Germ Eleven, aka yeah, the Worm. It. He, uh, I, I, got,
0: I, I got it here. Do you want me to? Yeah, or, you, no, give it, you give it up. Okay, I'm going to say Savoy. Okay. I'm going to say it's Jeremy Savoy. Bold. Uh, Sav- Bold. <laughs> Bold choice. Uh, so the Germ 11 starts out with, oh, the memories. Looking back at all the good memories of Tanner Roark, here is the list of his top five moments. Number one him leaving number two blank, number three blank, number four blank, number five blank. And then he signs it. Jeremy Placata Savoy. Boom. Do you like, 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 do you think that, Jeremy changed it to Placata Savoy because, like, we gave him the parameters of what he would need to be the worm. And then he was like, (laughs) ah, I guess I don't. Ah, shit, I do have a chin. And then he had to change his name. Or do you think he's just going to change his name every
1: time he reviews? I'm assuming that this guy is so popular. He gets like, they just, people just give him nicknames all the time. You know, he's so lovable. (laughs) He probably hit a dinger in some <laughs> some beer league or something just crushed a ball and uh got himself a new nickname
0: yeah i like it i like it i like i like placata i mean i liked the worm but i also felt like you know he had to live up to a certain standard and he was obviously unwilling to send a picture of his neck chin area to <laughs> confirm that he had the uh baseline parameters of being the worm so keep those reviews coming. If you want to also uh, write uh, something quick on the commercial that made you the most disgusted in your life, you could do that. And we can talk about that on the next episode of Underdogs. Be well, everybody. We'll be back soon.